All right, we're continuing in Da Tevunot. We're on page 22. Ot Kaftet. If you recall, Da Tevunot Ramchal is in the midst of describing, or he was in the midst of describing this concept of Tzimtzum. He's talking about God's contraction of sorts. The uh, necessity, as it were, or as it is, to build into existence a certain deficiency, which in turn gives us the possibility, the potential, to arrive at Shlemut. But there's still more that needs to be introduced, he told us, in order to get to his larger pictures and more specific plan. He writes over here, You might notice in this book, and probably in all, we're now into the, we're past the Hakdama, and of course the introduction to the main section is, well, let's hear the introduction. There are introductions upon introductions upon introductions. In other words, you're finally past the formal introduction. Now, can we hear the introduction that you have for your central thesis, which of course will have an introduction within it. Amar ha-seichel anu srichim lehavin ata mehechan nimsa koach ba'adam so we talked about the deficiencies of existence, talked about the deficiencies of humanity, the necessity of each of them. Now where does the power, where does the strength within Adam come from to fill those chisronot? We've been created chaser, deficient. Well, from where and how do we derive the ability to fill that? Void, if you will. You should know, as we trudge forward, as we step forward, we're entering into a large, wide ocean, and it's it's quite uh, difficult, and we're going to to encounter complexities. And as a result, we need to scale this back a little bit. We need to understand there's not everything that will be understood, not everything that can be understood. As I told you, we'll need many introductions prior to arriving. Now, again, I, I know I'm, I'm laughing as I say it, but we have to appreciate that. He's going to talk about Yediat Hashem. He's going to talk about Yehud Hashem. You'd imagine knowledge of God, the oneness of God, the unique stature and existence of God will necessitate many introductions. You know, when all is said and done, we might say it needed even more. Being, you know, if we're going to know God's plan, we may as well take our time in getting there. You'll need to be very deliberate in this matter. The first Mishnah and Avot, you need to be deliberate. You need to have it with an appropriate hesitancy. Do it in the proper order. After all, that's how you achieve true knowledge. We need to do this in the proper order, systematically. By the time we finish all our hakdamot, all our, our progressions, we will have a full matter. It was therefore, we will then realize all of the hakdamot were necessary. Says the neshama to its teacher, the seichel. I see the translations here are student and rabbi. I just noticed that. How do you like that? All right. Anyway, so says the student to the, quote, rabbi, to the seichel. All right, so tell me the seder. I'm listening carefully and intently to every word, every lesson you want to impart. So here's my first introduction. Although we stated earlier that God wants to give a hasaga, some sort of grasp about his shlemut, about his completeness, to his creations, to us. Although we described a certain contraction of sorts in order to allow for the development of humanity to in turn achieve devekut or hasaga of God, each of those a bit different than the other. Well, ultimately speaking, says the Sechel, you're not going to have at any point the ability to have a full grasp on shlemut of god asher en losof after all we're dealing with an infinite being shi'ur v'tachlit kelal there's no sof to his shi'ur to quote any measurement you can't put a measurement to him can't put any purpose to him ela adraba quite the opposite rakatse katan mimenu rasa legalot lahem the statement is not only is he 
only able to, although he'll stay that in a moment, he was only wanting to, that being God, reveal to humanity or even uh, allow the revelation to humanity of a kase echad. Kase means an edge, just an edge of his shlemut. In other words, within a human capacity, within a human world, how much can you actually know about an all-being, omnipotent, perfect, infinite being? Uh, not all that much, and that's the will of God. And by so doing, by even just getting the kase, the kase hamazleg of God's completeness, that'll give us a certain oneg, of course. The words of the Hachamim in several places describing, he mentioned these words earlier, describing the state of completeness, state of understanding as a time of ta'anug, of pleasure, of, let's call it, an elated state of spiritual being. It stands to reason that if you are an alul, if you're an, a caused being, if you are a nivra, you're a created being, well, you won't be able to understand the bore with all of your, with all of, within the constructs of, quote, his world. You're in a completely different capacity to understand a godly capacity. It's an incredulous question, I think, right? Is it possible, you know, is it possible to investigate God and to grasp his ultimate essence? Oh, it's a rhetorical question. Of course, the answer is no. It, it therefore emerges that anything the Nivraim, meaning human beings, will be able to grasp and understand. It'll be at best a, a drop in the sea of the complete nature, complete essence of God. I, I think it's well understood. The introduction says the Nishama, quote, says the student, oh, come on, you didn't think I thought any difference. Any person has any knowledge as well. I mean, how are you going to possibly talk about the givura, the greatness, the strength, the praises of God? I want to, even though we're going to read, hopefully, Lamedalid as well, just already take a step back and understand, in my mind, the profundity of this statement. Again, it is, as the Nishama makes clear, quite a simple statement. For human beings to grasp, in any way, any part of, quote, a, a larger picture of God, I mean, uh, we're talking about very little. That's very clear. We're in a completely different um, mode and realm of, of thought and understanding. Uh, to understand that even further, and I think he'll lead us into it perhaps implicitly, is that there is um, not nothing, I, I don't think that I'll say will take you by surprise, there's an ironic um, advantage to being a human being in a human world and not being able to grasp the fullness of God, of, quote, him not fitting into our world, which in turn will allow us to understand him better, potentially, than had we been in a different domain. Again, the contrast of being in a world of physicality and seeking a comprehension of something that's so different will perhaps ironically reveal to us more than had we lay or lived in a different domain. It's a little abstract. I'll try to, at least through the sources, be able to, to set that forth for you a little bit better. First and foremost on the sources, the Gemara, you'll have to stick with me and then, then read it back in. Perhaps he's leading us in a similar direction. They get, if not, at the very least, I'm leading you in this direction. The Gemara Masechet Berachot and Dafiot Gimala Mudbet, it's a well-known story. Birmiah was not only sitting, Yativ means to sit, we switch the taf with the shin, Yashav, Kameh means in front of, generally speaking, means he's a student, he's studying with him. Over here, apparently, he's saying, Kiryat Shema, Hazyeh He sees, one rabbi notices the other, on the word Ehad, in Kiryat Shema, in Shema, he's Ma'arich Tuba, he's really elongating the Ehad, the oneness of God which of course is what Da'ati Vunot is about to lead us into a conversation of what it means, Yehud HaBore, the oneness. Now that you've been Mamlich, you've crowned God, Kabbalat Omar Chut Shema, Yisrael Hashem, Elkein Hashem Echad, pronouncing the oneness 
of God, the unity, if you will, of God, um, well, that is known as, in, in the rabbi's statement, in the rabbi's, or in the Mishnah's words, on Daf Yod Gimel, Kabbalat Ol Malchut Shamayim. For some reason, which we'll hopefully address tonight, perhaps on another occasion greater length, the understanding of the oneness of God in turn engenders within us an understanding of ourselves as being his, uh, you know, his subject and he being our king. But anyway, the statement is, now that you've crowned him king over human, you know, north, south, north, south, east, west, right, and uh, more specifically, he says, up and down, and the four directions, all six dimensions, to la serichit, you don't need any longer. So it's a, it's a cynical statement. You're taking a little long on this ehad, but what is the statement fundamentally? It's you're overthinking this. You have to be able to go as far as you can. You can envision, you can understand, you can grasp divinity within your world. What's your world? Anything that you can envision. Outside of that, if while you say ehad, so to speak, you're seeking an understanding of God above space and time, uh, you're going too far. Uh, you're not going to be able to grasp such a reality. Uh, so that's already in the Da'atibunot world, it's kind of what he's stating to us quite clearly, is this to understand God as human beings, to come to an understanding of his shleimut, will be necessarily within human brain capacities, which is al-baruhot, and up and down. To go a little bit further with that, there's several midrashim which I think depict the direction, will, will set forth a certain direction. There's this midrash in Bereshit Rabbah here in source number two. Some of these I cited in my class on Nefesh HaHayim at one point. The midrash has a, it's a dirashah in the pasuk in Gan Eden, Vayishmu'u et kol Adonai Elohim, mitalech bagan meruah hayom, right? Adam and Chava after eating from the tree, but still in the Gan, they hear the sound of God, which potentially means, according to some mefashim, just a ruach. They hear the the whistling of the uh, of the wind. Mitalech bagan ruach hayom. But this, the word over there is mitalech, which is just a different word than the word mehalech. It sounds reflexive, but how can you have a reflexive walking? The suggestion here of Rabbi Abba Bar Kahana is mekapetz veole. All right, a little anthropomorphic, or very anthropomorphic. It's a hopping or jumping and going up. What does that mean? Well, the, Gemara, the Midrash continues, Ikar hayata. In some way, this was demonstrating <clears throat> God's primary residence, batahtonim. Which, of course, is impossible to understand. Tahtonim, of course, is in our domain. God's primary residence was amongst human beings. Of course, the description is going to be that after the sin, nistaleka shechina harishon, it makes its way up to the upper realms, and as humanity goes on, the midrash continues as Cain sins, God distances himself more, and so on and so forth, until life becomes to get better in the biblical vision, and we have Avraham, Tzchak, Yaakov, Kehat, Amram, Moshe, and so forth, who then bring down the Shechina in some way or fashion. Ultimately speaking, it ends with, for going from a distance of God's presence to a very closeness of his presence with Moshe Rabbeinu, who's the individual who at Har Sinai goes up and, so to speak, brings down Vayered Adonai al Har Sinai, brings down God's presence. So this is, in my mind, just stepping us a little bit forward in terms of envisioning, in terms of envisioning, let's, let's put it this way, a world of Gan Eden, a life of Gan Eden, is generally speaking, for good reason, envisioned by us as beyond our capacities, as a world in which physicality, although existent, is very much ancillary. You know, it's a life in which, uh, for all intents and purposes, it's not a regular human life. As a result, I can envision more of a presence of God, more of a knowledge of God, more of an apprehension of God, right? Does that make sense to you? In other words, if I'm living outside of a human realm, I can now understand and feel and perceive God in an easier fashion. The more I distance myself from that, quote, the more I become human, the more I uh, step into the trappings of humanity, the more distanced I become from my understanding of God. The further I go in the opposite direction, the more I become more angelic and divine as a person, as a humanity, as a society, the more apprehension we have of God, the more comprehension of God, of, of, of God, of God runs, we have. But that runs contrary to what the Rambam says about how to 
to know God, study God's creations, right? So, you know, the, if you understand the depth of what of what the creation is, then you can therefore understand the creator, the creator more. And so you I can make the opposite was... argument because the the metaphysical is is less quote unquote created. But I think the metaphysical is the next than the step. Physical. I, I think I think if you haven't first understood the physical, if you quote haven't found him within the Arbaru Hot and then the Ma'ala and the Mata, you can't then jump to metaphysical. You won't you won't even have a direction on it. I don't I, you know, that's that's I, that's how I understand what Harambam would tell you. I mean it makes sense as well in terms of direction. You need to begin there. And it, this is not at any point anything we're saying, denying that I mean source number one. You've what we're supposed to be doing, quote unquote, al pihalacha in Kiriachima, is thinking about the six dimensions of you of human understanding and God's involvement. Really, that's diminishing God. Well, let's begin there. Let's find him in the Nivra, in his Biriya, and only then go further. But that's the description I get. I think in the Midrash, the Midrashim go further. There are several other Midrashim which then envision after Har Sinai, and it's not going to be a foreign thought either, how God, so to speak, dwells and is manifested most in. The Mishkan, of course, right? It's from Har Sinai. Ramban makes this point in his commentary to the Torah. And the Midrashim, in many places, I mean, the Pesukim and the Torah, seem to describe God's Shekhinah as residing in between the Kerubim. Something that's hard to say, obviously, if had the text not said it. But again, if we speak in terms of human comprehension, it means it's a way of us understanding a opposite direction of his contraction. Whereas in the past we talked about Simtsum being, so to speak, his contraction from the world in order to allow for the development. Here is a contraction within the world. Are we following the, the description? So it means to say that what we're describing over here is if you're searching for God as a human being, by definition, you won't be able to expand your horizon so much or at all beyond your understanding. But... God, in his will for us to find him, not only contracted himself from, in order to allow for deficiency and for humanity and for a world as we know it, instead of it all being this this just uh, potential of God uh, manifesting itself throughout, it gives the opportunity for us to live and to breathe and to find and to search and to live. Well, that being the case, there's then a contracting inward. It's this opposite direction of Tzimtzum, which finds itself, and I put in quotation marks, in the Mishkan. Are we understanding that? To the extent that the most famous Midrash on this is source number six. This is the one more than anything I'd like to read with you. The Midrash envisions at the moment when God turns to Moshe and says, Build for me a Mishkan. So to speak, Moshe begins to wonder. How can I possibly do that? You want a mishkan, which means a reside, a residing area, an abode. How am I going to do that? Kevodosh alakadosh baruchu malei elyonim v'tachtonim v'omer aseli mishkan. If God's presence is, um, is 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 infinite, how can I possibly make even a construct which will help him reside or help? Amar akadosh baruchu lo keshem sheata savur kachani savur ela yisrim keresh besafon veyisrim bedarom moshmona b'ma'ara velo od ela sheered v'tzamtzem shechinati. There's the word betoch ama alama. I will make my way in. All you need is a very modest structure, and I will reside in that ama by ama. Aaron. Well, again, the description is for us a purposeful, in the eyes of the rabbis, purposeful direction from God to first remove himself, to allow for us to discover and to search in a world in which, well, we are physical, we are human beings and won't be able to find them, and then he contracts inward. Now, is there anything to be gained? Again, I'm, 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 I'm a little bit stuck right here, because, all right, yeah, go ahead. According to his capacity, here, by definition, mm -hmm. the more your capacity to envision the largest, then you envision it. The less your capacity to envision that, based upon many characteristics, then it's good enough. It's, it's, it's acceptable at any level based upon that person's capacity. Right. To define a high capacity is out of reach, right? Then, lo, lo right? He, he wanted it to be 
where you're comfortable, and I'm going to say it, to float in that sea instead of being anchored down by... Agreed. I, and, and I think that's what the Atevunot is stating for us. I think that's what the Midrashim are stating for us. By human capacity, again, it's a description of God, so to speak, residing in a small area, which we're defining, I think, appropriately as allowing for humanity to then discover him within. Now, that means to say, however, he's not manifested throughout why is he not manifested throughout? That would be beyond human capacity. That would be a Gan Eden existence. We live in a world wherein we are constrained by our human capacities. To find God, then, we'll have to search in, quote, the Mishkan. We'll have to find him at the Aron. Of course, the rabbis will then extend it to in the Torah, right? But the description fundamentally, again, it returns us to that Midrash that I cited last week in source number seven, of that name of God, to what extent? On the one hand, I envision that as God absconding, God leaving, and then saying, all right, the world is deficient. It's, so to speak, him contracting outward. Alternatively, though, by him contracting outward, by him, by him disappearing, well then, as the Midrash then says, the name Shin Dalid Yod also, or alternatively, I suggested complementary, says, She'en ha'olam umlo'o kedai le'elahuti. You'll now understand, you'll now feel and realize that this world can't keep my divinity throughout. Which means to say, ironically, by the contraction outwardly, we'll then realize and perceive his presence inward. To give another example to, to, for, for what, I'm, what I'm trying to get across. If I were to say to you, if you were to say to me, all right, listen, go live on your own island and practice life and live life however you see fit. You at no point will need to choose anything. You can live life however you want. In terms of my own self-knowledge, certainly in terms of other people's understanding of who I am, I will be very deficient. How can you understand me? I was never forced to choose. I was never forced to box myself into that Aaron of Ama al-Ama, which means to say in turn there's still an maximum capacity, possibility, and potential that lay forward for me. And as a result, you can't really, I might not fully understand myself. I'm not saying that way with God. But I'm saying with God, by God creating that void, so to speak, it then opens our minds with our human capacities to understand something about him. Had he been infinite, quote unquote, in terms of his presence in this world, we could understand nothing about him. The fact that he is confined, call it, uh, dare I say, to the words of Torah, confined to the words of the Torah, confined in the words of the Midrash, to the Mishkan, confined to not a, a, a presence of Gan Eden, it's then and specifically then that we can perceive something, a katzea of God. Which means, again, to say that this is not something, you see, Rabbi Soloveitchik in, in source number eight had this way of stating that for the Kabbalists, generally speaking, the concept of tzimtzum, it's a shame Jack's not here tonight, is a tragic concept. It's a concept in which you mourn the absence of God, so to speak. In order to bring about creation, he quote-unquote needed to remove himself. That's something to bemoan. That's something to be sad about. That's a tragedy. Alternatively, says Rabbi Soloveitchik in Halachic, man, if you understand contraction as a contraction, my words, he doesn't say it like this, not only from, but into as well, then there's something very exciting about that. It means now I can find him somewhere. Now I can understand something about him. Imagine living outside of a world of time and space and human human constructs. It's true as a human being, we can't even imagine such a reality. But let's say you could imagine such a reality. What about my example again? There's the person living on the island with infinite possibilities and potential. How much of that person can you actually understand? 
even if you're a psychologist, even if you're their parent, how much of them can you actually understand if they haven't been forced into, on their own, determining some sort of track, some sort of location, some sort of direction? That's our understanding of God. That's how I understand, and I think he's going to lead us into it in just a moment. You can only understand, even with human capacities, Yehud of God, that oneness of God, if you started off with the fact that God is not in our perception to be felt everywhere. If he were to be, go ahead, sorry. No, including the definition of what the word Ehad means, you can't even develop it. That's right. He will right now in this next Ot, in Ot Lamedalit, in a very reminiscent of Maimonidim type of approach, he'll do it in his own words with his own direction, He'll talk about the fact that you can't speak positively in any way about God. You could talk about God being wise, you have no idea what that means. You could talk about God being benevolent, you have no idea what that means. You don't know what any of those things means. What you can say sufficiently is that God is one, or God is unique. Because effectively, when you say that, you're saying he's not like anything else. Now, how could you possibly state that he's not like anything else if, uh, well, you're, you're not able to conceive of anything about him? It's the fact that he is, so to speak, confined that I can say, oh, so he's that, but not something else. He's not anything else. So ironically, this tzimtzum, although it appears in its initial contraction from ultimately speaking, its contraction into is what lays potential for humanity, for human beings to understand anything about him. I think, go ahead. The, the, the problem with that idea, though, I think you that, have it in relationships as well, but go ahead. The problem with that idea is that the, the, it, it, it tends to go down the, the, the wrong path, right? So that, that by God contracting himself in the way that you're saying, sort of in, into something that that is mishkan. a mishkan or something that that's more quote I don't unquote, want, I, I, let me tangible. Say, I don't want anyone, and, and I hope that's not the way you're going. I don't want you to take this too literally in terms of him residing no, in the no, mishkan. No, 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 yeah, okay. Understand that it's a conceptual yes. idea, so, yes. so that people feel that there's something more right. tangible to it. Right. But the the way that it always ends up becoming is that people then. Once Hashem boxes himself in, as, as the Midrash says, people tend to box him into there as well, right? And so now the Avodat Hashem becomes something that is tangible and now divorced from the, the spiritual, right? Now, and the that's kot, why you have, now the Kotel becomes the place to pray. Right, or you have Avodah Zarah during the time of the first Beit HaMikdash that leads to the destruction of the first Beit HaMikdash. Or you have... Sinat Chinam during the time of the Beit HaMikdash. So, yeah, I have to do a Tzom when I'm in, in, in the Beit HaMikdash, but I, I can walk out and, and, you know, carry on with yeah. my regular business. Or I can I can be Moreh on Hashem day after day after day after day in the Midbar, even though the fact that the Mishkan is right there. I can walk to Ohel Moed if I'm, I got it. If I'm you know... I, you made your point. I got it. You're saying there's a danger inherent in... Not that only there's a danger. There's a, it almost seems to be a natural pattern that happens there, where it, it is a it is an unsustainable um, edge for human beings to walk upon, to feel that God is, the idea or the concept of God is contained enough that it's something that I can connect to, but not so localized that I no longer feel like it's, it's Right. You know, it, it's not, it's male uh, olam The same Amar Chazal that says that the, that, that, it had no, that the Aron had no extent. The, right? Which we mentioned last time, that it's above space and time. That, right. That's it, above it's, space. When you measure out right, the Hechal, the Kodesh right. Kodesh, right? there's no right. space. That's for an interesting own. point. Right. In other words, the response together, to you, David, is... Itai says, is the Midrash, we quoted it last time, the Gemara Masech and Megillah, the Midrash has that the Aron, if, if you work out the calculations of the Mishkan, it was not possible that it actually stood in place. It just doesn't work out in terms of the numbers, which means to say above space resides God's presence. So it's kind of... Perhaps what he's suggesting is the hachamim with that statement are trying to ward away from this. In other words, instead of taking this and turning it into, well, he's to be found over there, and as a result, I have all these sorts of issues. No, this is only a conceptual concept, even within that. Right, and then the other issue with it is that you're then saying if that is 
if that is something that somebody needs in, in order to, you know, that people need, not one person, but people need in order to connect, then in, in a way you're almost would be celebrating the end of that, of that necessity, right? That like, but then you're, you could be celebrating the Horban of, of Mishkan and Bet Hamikdash and so on and so forth, right? You're, you're looking at it in a way where it's not necessarily... This um, is David again celebrating the Galut. I'm not. I'm not celebrating the Galut. <laughs> I, I I'm, have, I'm, this is not this a personal before, opinion. Yeah. Yeah. For the record, not a personal yeah. opinion. But you can follow that logic if that's the case. If you're saying that this is something that is needed effectively as a hook. Once we lose the Mikdash, once we lose the land, we in turn have freed God, so to speak, as you're suggesting, from the bondages of that constraint. And, and perhaps turn, that means that God feels that we're ready for him to be free from the bondage right. of that constraint. Right. Right. There is a caveat. Because otherwise it's, it's very punitive, no? And, yeah. oh. I understand. But alternatively, when he's unleashed from those constraints, quote unquote, you're now to find them potentially nowhere. In other words, although he's now manifested everywhere, you have no conception of what that means. Well, that's you can't my, find them well, that's my, that's my, I, I think I'm struggling with that, with that assumption or with that logical conclusion that, that it's impossible to, 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 to find him in his all-encompassing... Uh, but nature. how could you, as a human being, how could you find God in Tohu Vavohu? How could you find God in the full capacity, which by definition means, to use a Kabbalistic terminology, in the realm of Chokhmah without Bina? How could a human being possibly find God in an incomprehensible realm? I would have to lean onto the idea, probably. It, as we're a, talking, a very the rough... best word we have for that realm is energy or potential. Right. So that's that's what I was gonna. That's what I'm gonna say. And this might, I think, it's a Rav Cook type of idea. But there's an element of me that that mimics that that element of God, and the connection that I feel or that awareness that I have of it comes from that that piece of me that I might don't don't fully comprehend, don't fully understand, but that spirit, divinity, soul, whatever it is that we that we call that, that sense of there's something beyond the, the physicality of us, that I can, I can understand, that's the you're, Tzelem Elohim. That's, you're that's talking about a me. transcendent understanding, <laughs> something along those lines. I understand, but ultimately speaking, I'm, you know, it, it's the type of thing my father would kill me if I even <laughs> talked about such a thing. You know, that's why I'll say, what are you talking about? Can you can you lay constructs? Uh, can you can you make a formal argument for me? No, I understand exactly what you're saying. The counter argument is when you don't when you you know it's, it's not only my father one one of my rebbeim would kill us on this all the time. If you're not able to put it into words that you could teach to lay people, then don't bother saying it. That was that, that, that was the yeah, principle. The, you know, I, it's not it's not negating. It's just you know <laughs> per se. Is the rest of the pasuk? Yes. So in fact, he defines that the mikdash is not the important thing. It's agreed. But your your son's argument is the the beginning. The vaasuli mikdash is the dangerous part. But but here's the story. Here's the issue here. Mishakantibetochan until you throw him out, then. You lost everything. But you can't throw him out, though. Why? He chooses to leave. It's not within no. our capacity to affect your, God. No, no, no. By your action and your and your and your philosophy, you either keep him in or you throw him out. The Why? Mishkan let itself. Me you, let me finish. Because after Ehad, yeah. Why is it Hayom? It's because it's only today it's going to be as you grow I stated that this is your interpretation no no I heard <laughs> no because the hachamim are quite the opposite I heard, I heard it's their statement that's your hayom is quite the opposite just today okay. by the way yeah. in, uh, yeah. to stop yeah hayom. okay it's only hayom it's difficult for you to swallow but as you grow and as you expand, 
then you will see that it's possible to then be, you'll find the shach right. I understand I'm just it's, it's, it's all like, I, I got it in multifaceted you're, you're it, speaking in an ideal your son was speaking more in a real he's saying he said look no, at our history look at the Abu Ghazala you can even man. look at the Mishkan itself was a, was a solution to Chet Ha'egel it wasn't right. a reward because right. Ben Israel was Right. You know, was was that was operating at such a high level? It was a right. it was a compromise. All right. Well, anyway, you know, all, all this notwithstanding, and all important points, I've you know, again to read that line in halachic, man, just for a moment, just to read the the second paragraph here. I mean, you can read the first. It's I think he writes beautifully. But anyway, the second paragraph: the creation of the world does not inflict any quote blemish upon the idea of divinity. It does not infringe upon infinity. And you'd imagine creation and contraction quote-unquote, which brings forth creation, well, that infringes on the infinity of God. On the contrary, it is the will of God that his Shekhinah, his divine presence, should contract and limit itself within the realm of empirical reality. In other words, empirical reality means we can test it, we can find it. The only way we can find it is, you know, dare I say it, if we can put words to it. Not that we can measure it, but we can find it, so to speak. Which, ironically, the only way you'd be able to do that is if it's quote-unquote confined. So it means, ironically, the simsum that is tragic in its initial stage, the distance initially in a relationship, let me state it like that, although I'll get a little bit psychological, good for my mom, this type of line, right? Contracting from someone in a relationship oftentimes leads them to the contraction into, right? So in other words, there is... And it's, I mean, I think it's a simple, simple thought in that respect that moving away from something sometimes leads to a longing and a better understanding of what it is. So as a result, if God were to be unconstrained, quote unquote, based on his own will, based on our own comprehension, we could not comprehend anything about him. We'd be able to see, we'd be able to feel it. We'd be able to talk about it in very lofty terms. We couldn't actually say that's Yehud. We could talk about it the same way we could say, which we can't say, he is wise. You can't say he's wise because you have no understanding of what wisdom in the divine realm is. So anyway, I mean, that really leads us into this could next. I, could I try to put it into words? You may. It, he's going to tell us you may not in a moment, but for a, before we read him, I'll, I'll let you. Okay, so it, you know, I think this comes down to... To, to a degree, sort of like the idea behind the Shloshes Nebido, right? These are very human elements that, that we use to describe God, right? But they're they're what we deem to be the, the best human elements, right? Those elements of ourselves that we feel are divine or good or, you know, something to, to strive for. And so are we not then saying that, 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 those elements, those those the, those best elements of humanity, are that we find within us, and we call the divine within us. Isn't that us saying that that's what we think the divine good is? The rahum and hanun and erechapaim and we will talk about those. We will say that the this is my understanding of it. All we can do from those is mimic it within the human domain but can have a zero, zero comprehension of what it means for God to have those. In other words, Understood. I can translate it might those into in a very, mind. It might manifest in a very different way in a human world and a divine world. Right. But, but if I we talk see... about Yehud of God, his argument will be, because of, quote, that contraction, I can speak about it confidently and say, well, this is different than everything else. If it if it were if it was beyond my comprehension, if I wasn't just dealing with a kaseh, then I couldn't even speak about that. I, I, allow him for, to say it. I mean, maybe maybe I'm overthinking this. This is referring to his actions from which we can derive rahum hanun so far as the hachamim do. Not only all that he's done, but all that he's promised to do. What becomes clear to us is the only thing we could confidently speak about with any level, any dimension of understanding is Yehudoyit Barach. That's when it. He's, when he's talking about Yehud, he's talking about uniqueness or 
or they the, translate no, I see as non-division. Well, and well, one in that he is the only one of of, of unique, or one in that like no. he has no division. No. Uh, well, I'm going to use the word uniqueness. Okay. Uh, we'll see. I mean, maybe I'll maybe I'm mistranslating. I mean, that's uh, all encompassing rather than unique. Okay, I, mean, I don't know that those are contradictory. It's not like anything else. That's all. That, it's not like anything else. Uniqueness with a capital U. Yes. Okay. Shlemuto, all the other levels of his completeness. We can't understand those at all. We can't make any clear statement about them. We know God's wise. We have no idea what that means for him to be wise. We understand the divine wisdom. We know that he's knowledgeable. And therefore, cites from Zor. And to Hakim, you are wise. God, but without a knowledge, without a wisdom that we understand. And to Mevin, you understand, you perceive. But not in a perceptive realm that is understood to us. And now that we can't understand these, it in turn, since you're not going to be able to understand them, it's forbidden for you to endeavor into them because what's well, a futile attempt at achieving not achieving something, but it's futile. It's that which the Gemara Masechet Hagiga cites from the book Ben Sira Bamufla Mimecha Al Tidrosh Bimchuse Mimecha Al Tahkor on matters which are too nifla, too wondrous for you. You shouldn't be Doresh, you shouldn't be looking into Bimchusa Bimchuse Mimecha that which is concealed and actually concealed and you won't be able to reveal Al Tahkor not worth and forbidden to endeavor into. If your, if your heart, if your mind has raced to a uh, to a place it shouldn't be, well, come back. But that uniqueness, that oneness of God, we can have again. You have to understand berur gamur, full clarity means a full clarity within a katze shelanu, you know, the, 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 the limits that we have. Because again, we're speaking negatively. He is not like anything else. But I can make that statement about him. I can make that statement about him because I can look around and I can say, I understand that God is in no way like that. If I have no comprehension of God, it's hard to even say that. We shouldn't only, uh, you know, it's, it's not only that we could clarify that, we're, 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 we're obligated to do so. Because after all, if there is a mitzvah in the Torah of knowledge of God, it's nothing more, nothing less than this. The words are in all. There are no others like him. That's why I say uniqueness. I mean, he will continue to elaborate upon this, but I want to really just, uh, in, in one way or another, get across this point. Just read for, for a moment with me, and make certain that you read it the same way as me. Uh, Rabbi Adina Evan, Evan Yisrael Steinsaltz, in his book, The Longer, Long Shorter Way, he writes about this in several other places, this is what, at one point, I found that, in fact, our world is characterized, now he's going to use some Kabbalistic terminology, or mystical terminology, but I think, I think he's portraying the point that we are, and that is, Within a physical world, if we can be searching for God here, we'll understand him better than if we were outside of a physical world and perceived of God as being beyond a physical world. Again, the only way, to go back to my example, you can understand who you are is once I push you into a circumstance to define who you are, right? I see what, what you're saying, you know, you keep saying the contraction and the, the, the coming back in. Yes. Coming back in is more just trying to make him more physical. For us. Meaning yes. It's, meaning it's, yes. It's, that, that's the kind from what I see is that, I mean, yes. the process of understanding him. Yes. Is making him more physical so or, that he or, becomes. Or, or more human-like. Okay. Giving him really you. Cool. That's right. That's so right. That, so that you give him a space here. That's for right. For us to be able to. 
to, to say that. as a result he's not like anything else here. Right? right. right. If, 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 yes. I don't understand the, the opposite. I don't understand how he's saying that understanding him in this world is easier than understanding him in a non-physical world. If it's a non-physical world, you cannot wrap your head around it at all. What about if what about, he's, if he's, if what about he's, Moshe on Har Sinai not eating and not drinking and sleeping for forty days? So he's so in a non-physical world. You're saying his his da'at of Hashem in that in that moment was worse than 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 the people at the bottom of the mountain listening to sounds and and lightning and thunder and smoke. No, he was in a trance. It doesn't mean that he was still skin and uh, no, but he 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 rose to the to the most non-physical point in a physical he was still world. Physical, That's right. Either That's way right. You cut Ultimately it, he's speaking, physical. he's still physical. Actually, so know, if you, God resides outside of that, then yes. But that was. But meaning my okay. my point is in that in the scenario in the scenario of I'm you not, can get, understand can him more in the a world. physical world than in a spiritual world. That means that the more and more physical you'd get, the easier it would be for you to understand God, or the better knowledge you would get of God. Because apparently. you can now understand a unique trait of God, Great. which but you my could point not... is going to my point is going to be that throughout. Torah, the people that quote unquote understood God the best understood Him in moments of more transcendence, transcendence further you know less physicality and more spirituality with within this realm. So but, that would, to, to may, my mind, mean maybe that, it's that only, they're moving as towards says, the says maybe it's only because they have the contrast of physicality. So Adam and Chavad didn't. No, Hashem, well, you're saying the they're, they're physical nature enabled them to. Correct. The physical nature of, of Gan Eden. Um, but again, was just a small semblance of the physicality that we have no, in this world. No, I'm suggesting that the not, no, I'm suggesting the opposite. I'm suggesting that they were less physical right. in the Gan, right. and in turn, quote, hard to say, less, had less knowledge of less God. Less knowledge of God. Because they couldn't understand his uniqueness. Um, because it was infinite potential at that point. Ironically, the only way we can understand him best, which again is a minuscule amount, is because I can say he's not physical. And I understand what it means to be physical. So to speak, I placed him in the Aron, and I contrasted him to everything else. As opposed to... Uh, I've, I've, okay, just the, the astronauts that stay uh, on board of the, the satellite for a year, they don't perceive like we do. Uh, because they're less physical, and even their science understanding is not limited as we are here on Earth, and we're doing our own experiments in the same vein. Mm -hmm. And and from them, they they start to thinking how far out versus we don't really think further than our atmosphere. Do they understand God better? They understand the the non limitation of God. They do. They do. They do because even those guys that went up for fifteen minutes can can they speak in an empirical language about God? Can they actually understand, or or we are we touching back on the David Salama no, description they, of you can they, kind of experience it, but you can't. If you if you corner them, they will do it. What about nibuah? What about nibuah when you're sleeping? That's it's a, not a physical state. <clears throat> nibuah when you when yeah. you lose your physical faculties. The, you're not in a physical state. All the of the suggestion people... I, we, he, someone is making here, is that, is that, yes, you're going to arrive there without the constraints of physicality, but it's because you are a physical being that you're able to perceive anything in the godly domain. domain. That's, that's the suggestion. Okay, so then the meeting point between our two ideas is that, yes, you need to, to come from a physical base, but you need to be able to at least temporarily shed some element of your physicality in order to reach a higher level of, of comprehension and perception. Well, the, ultimate, yes. the only person who wrote about it is yeah, his care. By the way, the only reason your dreams make any sense is because of the physical world that you inhabit. That's right. right. You can't dream if you don't have any sense perception whatsoever. No That's problem. right. Understood. That's it. Understood that that means that God spoke to me and God told me this and I saw... You know, I saw all these forms which are clearly human things. Otherwise, it's abstract and beyond understanding. Completely abstract. I understand. 
Anyway, read it in Rabbi Steinsaltz's words. In fact, our world is characterized for nothing by grossness and evil and is, therefore, and is therefore very different from the many thousands of spiritual worlds. Nevertheless, this becomes an advantage in that it enables one to reach divine consciousness by following a certain path in life without the risk of self-nullification in the infinite light. So in other words, that's his, in my understanding, that's his way of saying what we're saying. You will be nullified by the infinite light. In other words, you'll lose sense of anything and everything if you're outside of a physical world, at least in our understanding of human beings and existence. The very fact that it's so structured based on gross matter, which is relatively impervious to the divine, makes it possible to become a vessel to contain the divine light. The spiritual worlds have no such covering or protection. They remain one-dimensional. So again, it's a flowery, Kabbalistic, mystical way of portraying, I think, the same point we're making. The point is that we somehow manage to live in this world because notwithstanding all its horrors, it has the capacity to absor absorb the higher worlds, uh, what the higher worlds cannot assimilate. That's what I'm calling a contract contraction into which you could only have in this world by initially having a contraction from. Our world is therefore the place where the ultimate divine revelation will occur precisely because its limitations because of its limitations and, and restrictions. And again, and, and it's a great it's, metaphor. I think it's excellent. It's a whitewash. I you think it's excellent. I understand. The part that I take, the part that I, that I take exception to is the ultimate divine revelation. Okay, okay. Well, at the same time, he goes on, if I'm not mistaken, over there, and I, I think at some point I cited even more of this, he goes on, and, and Jack is very fond of this line because there was once a big argument, and he was very excited that I brought this forth, and that is he goes on to point out that, at least in the eyes of many of the Kabbalists, the greatest point in our, uh, we'll call it national consciousness or uh, national vision is the time of Tehiyat HaMetim, we mentioned in the Amidah, I mean, uh, daily, we don't talk about Olam Haba and the Amidah, which we generally speaking associate with a non-physical uh, existence. We talk about Tehiyat HaMetim, which we generally associate as a physical time. Now, it's not only the strength of God to bring forth physical beings, potentially, it's more than that. It's the ability for humanity to best connect with God, specifically in the physical domain. But how could that be? Why could you, why would you connect to God best there? So you might say because of the challenges, which is an important approach as well, and might dovetail with this point. But the point again is that ironically, the best understanding you'll have of God, who lacks any physicality, is specifically because you can say he's not like everything here. And in turn, I found him here because I understand that he's not any of this. If I live outside of that, well, then no, it's an ironic reality. And I, again, you're right. If, you, if I was living in a different stratosphere, in a different domain, I might be able to argue differently. In other words, if I was in space or if I was the Moshe and Hasina, I might be able to. But within our confines, within our understandings, that's the claim that's being made, I think. I think he's implying it himself, I think he goes from that introduction in which he stated to us that the way this works is we can't have any understanding. We're just understanding the kaseh of God directly into, well, now let me explain to you. We can understand one thing, the Yehud, and I'm saying the only reason we can understand the Yehud is because we have that kaseh of God's existence, God's, uh, God's uh, you know, uh, comprehension to us. Uh, just to read a little bit more and in fleshing out this point. Of well, certainly, but I, 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 if he didn't put it in text, so he aided us in finding it. However, even with that aid, if you live outside of a physical world, the argument is you won't be able to comprehend the Yehud. Maybe you can, as as David, as as you would argue, experience it, but you wouldn't understand it as best as. We, to our finite capabilities, do. Again, all hard words, but I think somewhat understandable. Upi Ailion Merid Be'atzmo is going to continue and talk about how this misvah of Yediat Yehud Hashem, this oneness, this uniqueness of God, is the mitzvah. That's what we're working for. That's what we're working toward. It's been throughout and will be throughout the endeavor. What's the name again? Knowing God's plan? Not knowing God's plan. Knowing the uniqueness of God. What will emerge from life's 
history, life's future, life's uh, present. It is his Yehud Kenyan Omro Reu Ata Ki Ani Anihu Ven Elohim Imadi. At the conclusion of Ha'azino, which is envisioned, or maybe explicit, depending on how you, how you understand it, as the description of our past, present, and future, what's the final line, so to speak, of it? Now seek. It's my oneness. Really? That's it? I thought you were telling me the future, the past, the present. No, I'm telling you, says says Ramchal, God's telling you, now that you took that all in, now you understand how I'm not that or that or that or that. Not much more, not much less, not, not much that's it. Moshe concludes his, his uh, nevoah with Reu'ata. All right, now that you heard it all, it's just me. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. That's how we start. That's how we're ending. He cites furthermore from Pesukim in Yeshaya. You should know about me. No gods before me. None after me. I'm unique. I'm different. Anochi, anochi, Adonai ve'enmi baladai Moshiach, makom ha'cher, ani rishon, ani acharon, baladai en Elohim. We know that from Tefillah. Umakom ha'cher, l'ma'an yedeu, m'mizrach shemesh, u'mima'arava, ki efes biladai, ani Adonai ve'en od. Many pesukim, all which speak to the seemingly simple but far from simple reality of Yehud Hashem Yoser Or Berecha Shechoser Shalom Borera Ani Hashem Ose Kolele Vihne Lemaan Yedeu Leman Tedeu V'Tavinu Ketiv Mashma Sherose Shneda Bidia V'Havana We're supposed to know with full understanding that Yehud V'Tachlit Kol Atzlacha Shumafteach LiIsrael Hu Hit Barer Yehudo LeEne Hakol Ultimately speaking, what is the Hatzlacha? What could be? What will be the success of Am Yisrael? So you'll say, Shmir's Torah Mitzvahs. No, I mean, yes as well. Birur Yehudo LeEne Hakol, right? I mean, the ultimate, and this one I'm confident calling it the ultimate, is Yehud Hashem. V'davar Zen Iskar Pe'amim En Mispar V'Dvrei Anevim Aleim HaShalom it's in many places, not only in Yeshaya, God will be raised, so to speak, on that day. By the way, there's the mention again of Malchut, which is not so far now from our understanding. If Malchut is, by definition, a relationship, a king is only a king with regards to the fact that there are subjects, well, now we understand as well how Shema Yisrael, which is attesting to that oneness of God, is as well speaking about his Hamlacha, because the way the oneness of God is perceived is by the fact that he has a Malchut, which of course are different than him, and in turn can reflect on the fact that he is unique and one and different. Ki aze epoch el amim, safa berra likro kulam shem amonai le'obdo shechem echad v'sof davar. Halo ze eduten b'choyom tamid, you knew it was coming. I hope Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad, that's what we say daily, more than once. Nimsa. We'll conclude with this. Shekol mashem itparel lanu be'emet me'otzeb shlemotoh ha'bilti ba'ala tachlit hurak. What is it that we're left with? Thought and, and, and uh, introspection about God. Yehud, not much more, although this is pretty good, but not much more. Yehud, his oneness, his uniqueness, the fact that he contracted from, created us, created this, and in turn we can say, oh, so now I understand he's not all of this. We now created an Am, he established himself as a Melech, and ironically brought himself into it by taking myself out of my child's life, allowing for my child to develop themselves with my beginnings, they might now find me in their life a little bit more than if I'm on top of them at all points because then they've never actually understood themselves or me. They've never been able to understand that they're different than me. They've never been able to understand anything at all. Shekashinabit Again, the statement, when we look with a careful eye at all that has been done, we'll find one trajectory, and that is, it will reside, it will, what's the right word? It leads irrevocably toward 
the total revelation of this truth, Rakilui Haemet Hazot, the revelation of this truth, meaning the truth of Yehud Hashem, to summarize in a sentence. The statement here in the ensuing lines that we read today in Da'atevunot is that if we're seeking if we're seeking any knowledge of God, it's not knowledge of his actions, nor knowledge of his characteristics. The best we can understand is his oneness, which by definition is deficient in terms of our understanding of his completeness. However, we add it further, ironically, since it is deficient, that's why we have any comprehension of it at all. Baruch Adonai Amen. Amen.